Welcome to Gu Dao Jingxing, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into Dao De Jing and other Taoist classics to uncover their timeless wisdom and to talk about how to apply it to today's chaotic world. I'm David Wong, executive coach. I'm joined by Ian Felton, practicing psychotherapist. Hi, Ian. Hey, David. Good to see you. Good to see you. You know, we've been talking about you know society and culture, you know, through the lens of Taoism.、Uh, But today, you know, I really look forward to、uh, hearing about your experience about、uh, music.、Hmm. If Tao is the origin of everything, music should be part of it. I, I remember, you know, the Chinese word、uh, to describe, you know, certain kind of music is called the Tianlai, which is the breath、oh. of heaven, which came originally from Zhuangzi. You know, Zhuangzi talked about,、mm-hmm. you know, all the different sounds in nature. So Tianlai,、mm-hmm. so Tianlai can be also used to describe. You know, certain kind of music. Wow. So, which which lie is that? I'm not. Which um is it in a is it in another word? Yeah, that, that yeah. Lie means um I think it's the uh is the sound. It's the because、okay. you you remember in one of the chapters of Zhuangzi, he talks about in nature there are all different kinds of holes, right?、And、then the、yeah. energy kind of flows. So. Flows、mm-hmm. out of those holes to 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 you know pr- to、uh, create that kind of symphony, right? So、mm-hmm. lie is the the sound or the 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 breath of heaven. Yeah, that's a that one is a particularly beautiful one for me. I really really enjoy that that.、Um, Sentiment from Zhuangzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you look at both Zhuangzi and Laozi, I think Zhuangzi,、uh, in different、uh, chapters, he talked about music,、um, and、um, I think there's another, you know, very famous chapter. You know, I, I probably I shared with you. Uh, earlier about the conversation between the Yellow Emperor, the Yellow Emperor、mm-hmm. and、uh, his minister. So、uh, mm-hmm. his minister asked him, you know, when I hear you, you know,、uh, playing certain music by the lake, you know, I got that feeling. First of all, I got that that feeling very、uh, sad. Then I got、uh, very.、Um, um, Kind of disoriented and confused. So it's all different kind of waves of,、uh, you know, of emotions. I think that's a very famous chapter about Zhuangzi's view about music. And it makes me think a lot of there's a a composer who I was watching one of his YouTube clips last year, and it was on appreciating music and. I'm.、Mm-hmm. I really regret that I can't remember his name.、Um, I'll have to try to look it up. But what he said was so poignant, and and it applies directly to what you're referencing. That the the yin and the yang within 
music, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the notes and the space, um, the obviously every pitch and the scale. Yeah. But what this, this composer said was that if a song is just happy, it's no good. Mm. If if a song is just sad, it's no good. Mm. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not quoting mm -hmm. him, but uh, but that what really moves us is is music when the happiness and the sadness is all reflected in the music, and it's it's very much what um, Zhuangzi and and these um, other uh, philosophers writing about how. It needs both ends of the spectrum. It needs both yin and yang for that music to be good. And really what we mean by good is to re ref reflect how life actually feels. I see. I see. Which remind? I, I think that's very, that sounds very uh, Taoist, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that reminds me of, you know, what uh, people in China, sometimes they, you know, like my grandparents uh, used to tell me that throughout life you you will experience the different flavors of life. Tian, suan, ku, la, sweet, mm -hmm. sour, bitter, and spicy. All these mm -hmm. kinds of flavors through life. Mm -hmm. So, like for music, you know, you can't just have the one, you know, that the happiness part of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So um, I think on that note, um, I'm curious about because you know you in 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 your spare time you enjoy Tai Chi and also you enjoy listening to music and making music. So um, you know I'm curious about uh, whether you can share with our listeners, um, you know your experience, your musical experience. So music has definitely been very central to me as a as a vehicle for navigating life. So in I would say it's it's been an art form, but I would also say mm. it's <clears throat> really a survival mechanism. Mm. Mm. And I think that the reason why I think is there's certainly something biological to humans. I mean, when you look at civilizations across time, music is fundamental to tribes of any size, any group of any size, size people, what one to end mm -hmm. music is going to be there. If it's one person, they're going to be, you know, tapping a rhythm on their chest or the ground. Yeah. Or, yeah whatever that 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 there's that instinct for rhythm and then obviously the instinct for harmony where we harmonize with other people either melodic tonally or rhythmically yeah but that's a part of our dna i i kind of feel like music and religion arose in people for the same reason which is to kind of cope with our consciousness that we're alive and have a, you know, a life that's going to end that essentially our consciousness mm -hmm. of death. I think that religion and music 
arose to cope with both, I feel like music does a better job in the long run. I see. Uh, and why do you think about that? Like you're, you're talking about, you know, religion and music, right? Both of those are the instruments for us to cope with, you know, death, right? So why yeah. do you think music is a, is a better option? So m music puts us in tune with our bodies. And I think fundamentally music is a physical thing. Mm. Mm. Sound is physical. You know, it, it, there's actual physical waves in the air mm. that enter our ears chain vibrate in us and literally get us to vibrate in a certain frequency. And, and it's a physical thing that puts us in our bodies and also where we harmonize with other people. I mean, if, if you look at just the dirt, how hugely significant it is, look at all the musical acts that still, you know, what the popular acts that people are really use, utilizing, it's nothing to fill up a 100,000-person stadium. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and all those people get together. <clears throat> but very few of those people leave with notions like, now I have the truth about life and I need to go and make everybody else see the world like I do and try to force my views on others right. and get very ideological and dogmatic and want to kill or feel very threatened if someone says anything right. that threatens that worldview. I mean, when people leave a, a musical event, they generally are just like, they're not thinking that way. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. Which interestingly reminds me of some of the, uh, some of this uh, talks by uh, Krishna Murthy. Uh, yeah. He said, mm -hmm. When you look at uh, religions across the world, he, he believes that religion is the product of, of the mind. You know, literally yeah. like people, you know, some people may not, may disagree with him, but I think, you know, his viewpoint is uh, it's the mind. So you're saying that. Yeah. It's a coping mechanism. Right, it's a coping mechanism uh, when you see through it. Um, but the body, the physical thing, uh, mm -hmm. wouldn't you, you, would you say that it's more natural? It's like in some way, mm -hmm. it's almost uh, pre-civilization, you know, civilization mm -hmm. you can see yeah. is mainly the product of mind. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. 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 Especially in our age, I sort of feel like there's a growing distrust in the mental creation. And maybe the yeah, pendulum yeah, is swinging back to, you know, stop using words to, <laughs> you know, in the social mm -hmm. media, you know, to proclaim the, your virtues or the superiority mm -hmm. of your mental construct. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, maybe we, we are better connected as a hum humanity through the vibration, you know, of our body, you know. Well, I, th I like the optimism and what you're you're saying. It 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 kind of brings some hope that some of those initial hopes for the internet are still possible. That I think people felt that with the creation of the internet, it was going to bring people 
together. And of course, the first 25 years of the internet, it seemed like it it was just going to turn into more of just a, a trash heap. But what you're saying is more optimistic that maybe because of the internet, we can be connected in a way that's not about knowledge or information but about a different type of connection yeah yeah or different kinds of uh, human experience because i feel like um the other thought i have is um uh like in ancient chinese uh uh i, I think ancient chinese classics there's this notion of um beyond words you know like Lao Tzu, mm -hmm. you know at the very beginning of Tao Te Ching, he talked about you know this Tao is not it's not in a word you you is right so it's beyond the word mm -hmm. i think just in the our day i remember um in our daily experience when i grew up in china people say there are certain things beyond the images or beyond the forms or beyond something you need to understand that you cannot just like say you know when you read something you read between the lines in other words <laughs> there are certain things mm -hmm. spoken right uh, but spoken beyond the words that, themselves um so sometimes i wonder in modern times we rely too much on the words and concept themselves that we kind of uh, limit right we limit those just to those words there are other meanings beyond that i mean the beauty of music sometimes i feel like you know if you talk about maybe a piece of music there's certain ambiguity to it that you cannot pinpoint oh i'm right i'm wrong just like mm -hmm. using words because use words is more like very precision driven which makes mm -hmm. it a lot of times black and white in terms mm -hmm. of ideas. And people say, oh, you are right, you are wrong. But that ambiguity, that space created by music, I, I, I imagine that will lead to more imaginations among different kinds. Yeah, I think it's important to look at actually the, that there's a functional purpose for why words act the way that they mm. do and, and why it does leave people with that black and white kind of feeling. And, and the reason why is that all words are to describe experience. And so people want to describe experience to have a sense of control when underneath of it, there is this underlying lack of control, lack of stability, and words are used to kind of carve up what we would otherwise experience as more of this vibrating whole mm -hmm. that just, you know, that, that, that like being one with Tao, which is completely mysterious. We can sense it when we're really not being conditioned by all of society's programming. And when we face it, we can sense like, yeah, I have no 
I have no idea what this is and I have no control over it. We have such a precise, scientifically driven culture and vocabulary precisely so that we can create the illusion of certainty, the illusion of control, the illusion of human beings as superior, the illusion of mankind, humankind as, you know, the peak of existence. And that's all in the service of combating our despair over the awareness of our own insignificance. That's very well said. Um, that's really, uh, yeah, yeah. When you think about it, I, I sort of feel like um, the language itself, like, you, you know, sometimes, you know, when you look at the literature, right? Literature, the medium is the words, right? There's mm -hmm. still a lot of room for uh, imagination. But I feel like nowadays more and more, uh, the language has deteriorated into more mm. sort of a scientific, precise way. Like yeah. take, yeah. you know, you, 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 you do a lot of, you know, coding as a, you know, um, mm -hmm. as a, yeah, used to do, yeah, a, lot used more, to do yeah. a lot of more. When you think about the coding, like if you give demand, uh, commands, those commands need to be very yes or no, very precise, right? So I feel like the modern language is getting more, leaves little and little room uh, for ambiguity or interpretation, yeah. which probably will limit its, its yep. use. And we have yeah, to it's find ironic. other means like music, other language mm -hmm. to uh, encompass, I mean, to, to include all kinds of human experiences. Yeah, it's ironic because the the reason for all this very specific, detailed, incredibly precise, technical way of writing about things is to try to get at the truth. But it's ironic because it does the opposite. It moves us. It moves us into the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so with that kind of uh, you know backdrop, I, I do want to draw upon your personal experience. Uh, you know, when you you know when you grew up, how did you get? Mm -hmm. You know, why why did you say earlier that uh, it's a it's a you know music for you uh, is a su survival thing? You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know even personally, like what how what music did to your daily experience. Well, I think even just, I remember even in elementary school, I mean, and this is back when um, there was just these tiny little towns that still had little elementary schools, mm -hmm. you know, where there might be like 10 or 15 people in your class. Ah. And those were the people that you went to school with through grade school. Yeah. But I remember even then, we had a song flute class that the whole class participated in and just how much fun it was like to sit with this little piece of plastic, mm -hmm. a very simple instrument, a piece of plastic with holes in it. 
Wow, that reminds me of the early,、um, you know, when you do the,、uh, you know, archaeology, you know, like the the、mm-hmm. trace back history. I remember in the、yeah. National Museum, the Chinese National Museum in Beijing, in the middle of the city, I remember seeing a very delicate, like instrument, like the bone,、mm-hmm. the animal's bone with the holes in it. Isn't that, <laughs> you know, also、yeah. the in the during the childhood of mankind. They use this kind of thing to help them、mm-hmm. <laughs> make interesting sound. Yeah, I mean, how pleasing! I mean, you can see how intuitively people fig- stumbled onto how to use space, like Zhuangzi's、um, kind of holes that,、yeah. that nature fills. Yeah. To relax, to relax themselves. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when yeah, so that felt really good. Yeah, to me. yeah. when the、uh, the kids like with、uh, what do you call it?、Uh, is that called is it is it the water buffalo? Like in China, new, you know, like in the during、oh, yeah. the rice paddies,、yeah. right? So、mm-hmm. um, the the little boy is sitting on top of the、uh, what do you call it, the water buffalo. Then sometimes you know during the summer days, really he gets tired. Then he found you know from the grass,、mm. then or or from certain kind of bamboo, they can use that to make music. Wow! Yeah, that is really cool. Just I mean, just it's such a natural kind of instinctual way of engaging in life to give you what you need. And I think that once I kind of discovered music in that context, you know, as a young person, I was just naturally drawn to it. I wanted to.、Mm-hmm. I mean, my my parents listened to music though when I was a little kid, and so maybe that had something to do with it too. I remember albums being played.、Um, my dad had a vinyl record player. Yeah, yeah. Music. My mom would play. Music, and I feel like they had pretty good taste in music. Like it was so- soulful music that、um, you know was was pretty good.、Um, and then I know, like when my brother and I were growing up out in the country, and there weren't a lot of other people around. I mean, it it was pretty rough at at home. And he and I used music just as an outlet. We listened to music. What kind of music? And what kind of music do we do listen to or enjoy listening to during that time? Oh, we were we were metalheads. I see. We listened to heavy metal mainly. But the funny thing is, is that we had an uncle that kind of introduced us to that style of music. But before that, on my own, when I was just buying music without. Older people influencing、yeah. me. Weird Al Yankovic. That was my. That's what I liked. That's what. That was my first album. You, are you familiar? I'm not with familiar.、Him? Can you can you just、uh, share more? He 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 parodies popular music. So he basically he in some ways he is the best kind of artist because he does critique. Popular art in a way that kind of reveals a different side of it, but he he would write parody songs 
Michael Jackson, he parodied the song Beat It and called it Eat It and made it all about eating food. Oh, I see. I see. But that's something with a sense of humor. So I think that there's something naturally that attracted me, like music with a sense of humor, too, that there was something really compelling to me about that. I see. And I still feel that way. I still like parody music quite a bit. Like there's, um, there, there's, um, parodies, um, bad lip reading. That's a popular, um, music on YouTube that basically just, it parodies popular culture. And I just, I think it's really funny. Yeah. 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 I know this time, like during the, uh, the lockdown in Shanghai, they turned some mm-hmm. of the popular songs they they can i use the word parody like they they basically the new context no yes that's awesome so another example of how people are using music to cope with our psychology with our psychological state Mm -hmm. so i think i can summarize that's been my experience with music and why i say it's even a survival mechanism because we can we can literally use music to change our psychological state and if we think about what life is all it ever is is a succession of psychological states and so that's the real therapeutic value of music is that it enables us to embody certain psychological states to navigate existence in a way where without that we could just be experiencing suffering, um, despair, loneliness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's largely how I've used it my whole life, you know, to deal with isolation, to deal with um, just chaos and violence and, and all of those things. And so what music does it lets us feel close to people even when other people aren't there. Right, right, right. I see. Can you give us an example, like in a certain situation or on a certain day? I mean, do you do you do that like um, intentionally? In other words, like say, I would like to put myself in a certain mood and then, you know, I know what kind of music to go to 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 hold on to or to play. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of experiences? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that there's um, there's even a, a psychotherapy technique that I will offer up to people sometimes if I, if I feel like there's someone who does like music, yeah. I will suggest to them make a playlist of about five songs, maybe like a half, half hour's worth of music. The first song that you pick out, it should be a song that really gets in touch with how you feel when you're at your darkest, lowest, yeah. your most horrible frame of mind. Yeah. Then the next song should be slightly like shifting away from that yeah. somewhere in between and progressively by your fifth song, what you're trying to do is pick out the song when you feel like you at your best, when you feel like the most com- whole 
person, um, engaged, uplifted yeah. self, and essentially then have that playlist to where when you are feeling that that really low self, you can put that music on. The first song is you want it to be validated. You want that feeling. You want to know, oh, yeah, someone else has felt this way before. But then slowly work through those songs to hopefully by the time you come out the other end, you remember that you you do journey from our between our lowest self and our highest self, there was a progression of psychological states. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And all we're trying to do is trying to condense that down to a half an hour of time instead of, you know, it taking days of, you know, stopping and having lunch and watching a show or whatever. Like you're just trying to, purposefully navigate those psychological states to where, yes, you can get in touch with that really dark, low mood, but then listen to music to help it help you navigate back to um, a different psychological state. I see. I see. Uh, Let me ask you, um, you know, personally, I guess like there are so many different kinds of music out there. Do you see that sometimes to achieve that similar or same uh, psychological state, uh, there are different like styles of the songs or music you can draw mm-hmm. upon? Be- because, you know, my gen like, sure. like in my personal experience, sometimes I feel like, I what I enjoy the a lot of people like the I don't know uh, different generations have their different gen you know um, their different preferences like say my parents generation they sometimes uh, they enjoy the revolutionary march songs you know mm-hmm. um, yeah. but I didn't grow grow up in their gener in their during that time so really like. When I was young, what I heard most is from the singers from Hong Kong or Taiwan, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with those with the melodies. But to mm-hmm. the, you know, some younger generation, those are too sentimental. Sometimes when I yeah. hear it, you know, like I have the feeling like say, oh, am I just holding on to the songs when I grew up with, and they are mm-hmm. just getting to something that I don't even cannot com- comprehend. How do you see that revolution? Like people nowadays, it seems like a lot of the songs, you know, like even like the rap or w- what they call, there are different kinds nowadays mm-hmm. that don't mm-hmm. seem to, uh, uh, like, I like the melodies, but how how do people draw upon, you know, the different kinds of styles to achieve that uh, musical state, uh, their their psychological state. Do you, do you see what I'm trying to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that their uh, styles always come back to mm. a, sen- a sense of self and a st- I mean, there's there's aesthetics, but then there's also the sense of self. I mean, I think that there is some. Um, <clears throat> connection to emotion and style. Yeah. 
so there is the the aesthetic part just like with heavy metal the distorted guitars the double bass drum all that is to kind of it facilitates an emotional state of intensity and anger and you know it's no wonder that there's a lot of young males that like that music because that's emotionally where they're at like a lot of that you know anger and intensity and that sort of thing so there there's that piece of it but then stylistically there's also identity um you know we think about all kinds of folk traditions yeah yeah and yeah it's associated with you know that that's the music of my people and so yeah i think that's still the case that we're in the past folk music you could really identify it geographically i'm not i'm not even going to start trying to talk about folk music on an academic level but i think intuitively we know style was about representing your people and your people's identity see that's where i sometimes have some difficulty uh because mm -hmm. i feel like uh, when something beautiful that comes naturally to me and I see other people enjoy other styles and I'm afraid sometimes, you know, you're going to be labeled just like in other parts mm. of the social world. You're like, say, oh, you are not in it. You, you see what I mean? Mm. That's like yeah. creates worry because because I think there are just certain sound. Like, for example, I like hymns and the Gregorian chant <laughs> for whatever reason. Mm. But. Mm. When you look around, there are many, not many people. Then you say, oh, right. maybe that's too personal to share with other people. But that's mm -hmm. truly I, I enjoy it. When I walk around mm -hmm. the lake, you know, like when I am tired of all the news, then I turn on those things mm -hmm. from my, uh, you know, like uh, Spotify, you know, like all that. Yeah. But it's like so personal that it's almost like during our pop culture uh, you're afraid like to say, oh, this is what I like. Yeah. Yeah, the people, people's egos get bound up in the music that they listen to. And then if someone is critical of it, it feels like we're being yes. destroyed yes. in the process. And, and that's fundamentally what culture is all about. It's all about giving people a sense of self, a sense of durable us mm -hmm. in a reality that is the opposite and that's why it feels so threatening when someone criticizes our style of music because it's like wow if that's true my whole sense of self yes. is yes. built on a lot yeah it's no different from maybe other you know what we talked earlier right in the social media exactly if you hold certain opinion right and then exactly. you're saying, oh, you know, that's a stupid way of looking at things. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you then get away from that and kind of acknowledge, you know, just there's a I don't know. I, I don't know why I even maybe it's a little bit of a conditioning of growing up used to that music. But I do think that in every one of us, there's a kind of a response to different kind of sounds or, or melodies. Mm -hmm. is, is that your experience too? Like we just like respond to different things. Yeah. Um, because we're all programmed differently. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we all had, we were all exposed to different things at different times and by different people and who, you know, how much influence that person who showed us something had on us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But ultimately, you know, we're, we're talking about, um, you know, there's, there is, well, I'm listening to the wind howling right now. Like I can literally hear the wind howling. Yeah. And it does make sense that in that moment, I mean, imagine being, can you hear I that? I can hear that. And people must have just been like, what is that? Is that a demon? Yeah. People, I can imagine there was a time when people were terrified of the wind even because it might have, I mean, this thing that sounds terrifying, but you can't see it. Yeah. And in some ways, I can see music being instinctually a way of trying to master that. Like, what is that sound that's that's scaring me so badly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so what if music itself came out of fear? out of this fear of this terrible howling sound that sounds like a demon and wanting to master it, wanting to be able to make sense of it. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Do you think that sort of very, uh, when you, you got very afraid at first, but then somehow in your creative process, you start to incorporate that into that. That's mm-hmm. another way of, like looking at that fear in the face and be mm-hmm. part of the music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then dancing got involved even like then people, you know, realized, Hey, if, if we move our bodies with these rhythms and these sounds, yeah. then they, they figured out that it made them, it made them feel better. Yeah. 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 So in the uh, in the uh, the locality where you grew up, uh, was there like the certain type of like local music, like the music that shared and also it's it 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 it, it kind of it was created uh, within that environment in mind historically mm-hmm. or. Yeah, there was a lot of bluegrass where I was from, and they still have, in that part of West Virginia, they still have a very healthy bluegrass um, culture, bluegrass community. Um, There's a lot of river culture in West Virginia still, Mm -hmm. and it's really cool um, because it's still very much tied to the earth and the land, the mountains, people... People in that that community, they really value nature a lot. They respect nature a lot. They feel nature, which is, to me, Tao. Yeah. Um, and they're really in tune with it. And kind of, I would say, maybe that's why I'm so into Taoism, too, of just growing up in that area where you really lived in nature rather than feeling separate from it. I mean, you really feel in nature and that bluegrass community still 
they value it immensely. They cultivate it. They really, it's a really cool culture. How is it? Is it reflected in the in the in the sound in the uh, how? Uh, help me understand the, the connection between the two. Like say the bluegrass and and the nature. Is it reflected in the lyrics or in the sound or how? How can you can you、uh, mm-hmm. you almost can like smell the earth or you you know you、mm-hmm. you can imagine the picture、uh, from the 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 rhythm or from the, the the you know the melody like you can maybe you can see the the river the water.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think、um, again, I'm I'm not an expert on. It's been a long time since I've been a part、mm-hmm. of of that、mm-hmm. community, so I'm I'm just speaking based upon my experience. But、sure. one the 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 instrumentation it kind of starts with the instrumentation. I mean, you're using、mm-hmm. largely acoustic instruments that are going to be miked. But if you were just sitting along the river, that yeah, these. Bluegrass instruments could just be picked up and played right there on the spot. Camp, camping, campfire. So the it starts with the instrumentation. Meaning, like that instrumentation is a part of that、uh, context, right? You don't have to do、yeah. the fancy like in an orchestra or something. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like a couple of guys sitting around a campfire can play bluegrass music. They're 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 camping and doing some fishing, or just. Sitting out in the woods, having a fire. Yeah, yeah.、Um, you can some couple instruments, and you can play this music. And so it kind of starts with that, and then the settings that this music is played. That's the other part. I mean, again, it's typically going to be used around a fire, which is also very instinctually something that that. Makes people feel safe and secure. Yeah. You know, as as long as we have a fire, I mean, there is a huge sense of security that comes from a fire burning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can almost like、uh, imagine, you know, way way back, right? The the cave with the bonfire and people like share、yeah. stories of hunting, right,、mm-hmm. during the daytime.、Mm-hmm. And, and、uh, yeah, 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 yeah. If that fire is burning, we're we're safe because. We're going to stay warm. It's going to scare off predators. Yeah.、Um, you know, obviously, it could also mean being able to cook your meat. But so, so that is another component of bluegrass music. You know, there's going to be a fire burning. So it it has that that、um, that other primitive element, but not primitive in in a sense of like not important in the sense of like. No, this is actually what define. These are the symbols that define our human existence. Like we love being around a bonfire. Yeah, yeah, so true. Yeah. So there's that element, but then there's the relationship to food too. So,、hmm. um, music and food have always been intertwined, and so you know there's going to be certain. Beer is going to be a big part of it, so there's going to be, you know, lots of beer served,、um, and then food. There's going to be whatever kind of basic,、um, kind of country food is popular、um, in that particular area. But in in West Virginia, at least, there's probably going to be lots of potato 
dishes and you know definitely like hot dogs and hamburgers mm-hmm. and and ramps wild onions get used a lot so there's a for a foraging aspect to it where you know locally grown food is used wild food is used and you can see all these elements combined together there's lots of dallas elements and just you know when i i think in some ways Lao's utopia described at the end of Dao De Jing, these bluegrass communities and culture, and in a lot of ways, they inhabit a lot of that, um, those ideals. Yeah. Not that they're perfect. Xiao, like a Xiao Guo Gua Ming, right? Xiao Guo Gua Ming. It's that little, like the village, right? Is that what you're referring to? Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, yeah. The little village where they're just focused on their local customs and they don't really care about the world outside of that. And that's, that's it. Like they're, they're focused on sitting around the fire and playing music and doing, you know, whatever work is required to keep the fire going and keep the food coming and the beer flowing. And that's it. Cause that's enough. I have, I mean, that's so appealing to me. <laughs> the, um, I have two follow-up questions. Does that, what you're describing still exist? Oh yeah. Yep. Like it's still part of the daily life sometimes in, oh, in yeah. there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it possible uh, to transport? I, I know part of the, that moment, right? That, uh, um, you know, when you really experience in that kind of setting, um, sometimes I was wondering through video or through other ways that we can, we live in, you know, like cities or, or in another mm-hmm. environment can experience it. Where can you go to experience that? Like create our little bonfire, you know, with that kind of music. Mm-hmm in a certain part of the day because i i think it's not it, it's it's not a, just mm-hmm. as good as the real stuff but sometimes mm-hmm. i feel like just by experience a little bit throughout the day it gives you um it, it kind of transport you from one space to another yeah I mean, I think that's the the problem. Well, <laughs> the problem. <laughs> one of many one of many problems with our modern culture yeah. is that yeah, there's no there's no respect for anything. Uh, mainly, productivity and efficiency. Obviously, COVID changed a lot of that, but there's still there's still no sense of communally and locally engaging with these symbols from our origins. Yeah. That are yeah. 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 We miss, we miss them. We miss feeling sitting around a fire talking with people. We miss that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not part of the, I mean, you know, sometimes I would imagine like uh, Netflix, right? If there, I feel like there are a lot of entertaining programs there, right? There are a lot of shows there. But where do you experience it? You know, I, I want to, you know, sometimes I want to, every time when I watch, you know, I go to these like, uh, you know, uh, 
like Netflix, for example, I want to look, I look actively look for kind of a special interest uh, mm. Uh, mm. documentaries that will bring me, mm. let's say, connect me to, you know, maybe wildlife, mm. right? But it's it's so yeah. rare. I feel like it's it's all maybe just you know belong to a group. The dominant thing, you know, everybody is talking about that dominant movie theme. The political the political realm is what people. Sadly, that's the extent of our culture these days. It seems like the the political realm, and it's a really ugly yeah. political realm. Yeah. And I don't know why anybody yeah. wants to participate in that disgusting train wreck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish there were more things like that, like the the program, like that connects us to. I feel it's nobody is like trying to curate or organize those like small yeah. things that maybe you know people can choose. But it's all a lot of the things are pushed to you, like oh, you know, this is the yeah. biggest thing, and then you get tired of it, you get very cynical, you know. That's <laughs> the result of it. Well, that's that's the problem with culture, with a real meaningful culture, like the like what I was talking about with bluegrass music and kind of that the the river yeah. lifestyle is that. Once you give something like that your attention, you don't need to give your attention to all this other crap. And our yeah. our economy and our culture is based upon economy of scale, people. right? You have to have the big masses loving the same thing in order to yes. produce that. So, let, are you saying that if people are so interested in those, um, I would just local culture, local culture, right? You you basically yeah. you're yeah, it's hard to mobilize the attention. Yeah, that's errat right. That that's eradicate all local culture and create them. I mean, it's quite transparent. Just like we have a monoculture with agriculture, where it's just like, yep, we're growing all this corn and cutting down all of the wild lands. It's the same with culture. I mean, even the even the the political causes that seem like they're noble um, that are wrapped up in popular slogans, it's still creating a monoculture. I mean, that's still the purpose of it. The purpose of it is still, it's not to foster true local culture, which is what people who are liberals used to care about. They used to care about local culture. Yeah. Now it's, it's been hijacked and it's like, no, let's create a monoculture that we will call progressive or yeah, liberal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just this giant group thinking wasteland of humanity. And so, yeah, actual local culture is not encouraged because if everybody had the Taoist utopian, the what's the Chinese word again? Uh, which one? The About the 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 little village oh xiao guo gua ming xiao guo gua yeah xiao guo gua ming yeah if that existed everyone would be satisfied by their local culture and they wouldn't need netflix subscriptions they wouldn't need disney plus subscriptions they wouldn't need 
all of you know Amazon Prime subscriptions and all this stuff because they would be satisfied by the people and the things around them. I see, but wouldn't that be like for the humanity? It will. Um, I think it's more healthy, you know, to have that flowering of the local culture as opposed to right yeah. now. You know, I think economically, it may you know get everybody around the same thing. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I was wondering, uh, people actually all the negative energy <laughs> comes out and people are really, um, I think it's okay to have a shared culture, right? Uh, but don't do yeah. it so with a, like such a economic or profit driven approach, right? right. Let all, yeah. I'm sure like across cultures, when you look at cross culture naturally, you see the similarities because we are all human mm -hmm. beings. But the point is, if you manufacture it, if you, you try to make it, yeah. that's not a good thing. Exactly. And so bringing it back to music, that is the importance of music is that when, when it truly reflects the human experience in a local way, which sometimes is just an, ind an individual way, which I think is perfectly acceptable but when it's manufactured when you're trying to make it a product that's when music sucks and i think like when people say like this music is so bad uh -huh. i think a lot of times that's what they're talking about it's like this doesn't come from the human spirit trying to heal themselves from the the burdens of life, this comes from trying to commoditize it and make money. Wow. Wow. I, I can't agree with that, you know, that observation more. Yeah. I think even within the music arena, there the approach, right? There's the mindset of looking at that from a ind local or individual in individualized way. There's also the danger, the risk of making it one big thing, right? And then mm -hmm. be very self-righteous about it. This is good music yeah. and this is not. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your, you know, musical experience in the context of Taoism. Yeah, my, my pleasure. There's There's always a lot more to talk about, I had actually, I had intended to talk about the band Tungsten that my brother and I made. That was the first band that we made. And it was truly this local, local music. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were out in the country. He had a guitar. I had a drum pad. Yeah. It wasn't even a drum set. It was just a pad for practicing drums. And we just recorded. He, he just, he just played bashed away on the guitar i pounded away on this drum pad wrote some lyrics to like just the, the stuff that was in our life wow and was it the, the lyrics still did you keep still keep it where, where? we we did but someone one of our friends borrowed that our recording and never 
gave it back at the time, but I still remember, I mean, some of the songs were like, I like Jello. That was one of the songs uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh, that, uh-huh. that that weird Al Yankovic kind of aesthetic. It was it was about how my it was about my relationship with Jello and how much I love Jello. Oh wow! So it's every like it's every day. It's a daily life thing, right? That yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time, I think I was probably ten or eleven, and my brother was probably like twelve or thirteen or something like that. Why? But, why can we? Why can we nowadays make more of that? I mean, that would be really, really beautiful, and mm-hmm. and uh, yep. it just. You know, it just like uh, lifts your spirit. I mean, I, I can't find the right word to describe it, but that's the kind of life <clears throat> life is that's really human. I think. Yeah, L- letting people really use music in a personal and a, I think a spiritual way. I think you know, acknowledging that that is what it is for a lot of people. For most people. And not treating it like something that's you know com- competitive. Or, yeah, like as an instrument, right? Mm-hmm. As a as a as a means to an end. Is it an right. end in, in itself? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I sort of feeling like from our conversation that you know a new definition of what is being spiritual when something is like really real and authentic and genuine, that's spiritual. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Great.